It's Vegas Revealed, episode 134. A real-life murder mystery has played out in Las Vegas this week. This has been an unusual case from the beginning. The murder of an investigative journalist and the main suspect, an elected official here in Clark County. There are new details to the story now gripping the country. We also have news on the growing number of people still flocking to Las Vegas for vacations and conventions. And Las Vegas is ready to marry the military. All that and more this week on Vegas Revealed. But first, today's show is sponsored by Vegas Near Me. It's a new free app that has everything fun to do and see in Las Vegas with some really useful features. The app is in the beta phase right now, but because you'll listen to Vegas Revealed, we want to give you an exclusive opportunity to be among the first in the world to download it, play with it, test it, and tell us what you think. You can mark your favorites, make a reservation, order an Uber, get directions, even book your flight and hotel, all from right within the app. It really is so cool. Go to our show notes right now and hit the exclusive link, wait for an email, and follow the simple directions to download the beta. The app is free, and it's going to stay free once it's up and running in full force. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me. All right, let's get to Vegas Revealed now and spin that wheel. Welcome, everyone, to Vegas Revealed, episode 134. Dana Roselli here along with Sean McAllister as we sit in September. We are recording this on September 8th, a very sad day for the world. It, it, it really is. Uh, we received word that Queen Elizabeth II has passed away at 96 years old. Wow. It, it's incredible because we were just saying, like, everyone in our family history that is here today has never known another queen. I'm not trying to bring up The Crown, which is a fictional kind of show, obviously a fictional show on Netflix, but I I think about that today because I think that The Crown was so um, watched across America. You know, it was all during, remember it was like everyone was watching it right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I feel like we did, if we didn't, if Americans didn't know specific things or a a lot of little details about the history of even how the queen became the queen. We we learned a lot as Americans, and I really feel like people more than ever have spoke about the queen and admired the queen and her journey and everything that she's done, really, for the world and obviously her country. Yeah, and I, I think that series has done a lot to really grow a new bond with a new generation of people all over the world. True. Uh, so, you know, people have, have become very familiar with the Queen's story over the last few years. And, of course, she just had her, her big jubilee. Yeah. And her life has been, you know, chronicled across uh, TV specials, in news segments. Uh, magazines have had the Queen all over their covers. So it, it really has been, in in recent years, a time when people have gotten more of a glimpse into Queen Elizabeth's life, and, and she really has meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, and we know we have lots of listeners from the UK, and we do have a lot of uh, friends and, and family that live over in the UK, and we know what a big deal this is. It's, you know, it's going to be a time of mourning for 
a very long time. And we're going to continue to see a lot of different ceremonial things take place as the queen is laid to rest. And so I'm sure we'll all be glued to the, the television, glued to our computers. For some reason, the royal family just is captivating to the entire world. Well, and I think first, obviously, like you said, we'll we'll see, you know, the people paying their respects and mm-hmm. the, the funeral arrangements that will be precisely planned out and executed. Mm-hmm. But then following that, we'll see a, a coronation, something that we haven't seen right. in this for several generations. Right. I was lucky enough to visit Buckingham Palace twice on two trips to London. I've been to London six times, but on two trips. And one of them, I think we talked about this before, the Queen was not there. And that's when you can actually go inside. You can only go inside for the tour when the Queen is not there. And boy, it's incredible. It's literally exactly what you see in pictures. Mm. Um, and, And the rooms that they had set up are actually recognizable to all the pictures and we've seen in, in video through the history. So it, it was quite a quite an honor to go see Buckingham Palace and be able to walk through it. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of Buckingham Palace over the next month or so. Yeah, the tributes will, will certainly uh, continue to pour in for Queen Elizabeth II, who has passed away at 96 years old. But here in Las Vegas, Dana, the entire community has just been gripped this week by a really shocking murder following the violent stabbing death of an acclaimed investigative journalist named Jeff Gehrman, who worked at the Las Vegas Review-Journal newspaper here in Las Vegas. And just to give you some background, Gehrman has been a respected journalist for decades. He's covered organized crime and uncovered government corruption through his reporting. And it seems to be that exact detailed reporting that has led to his death. It's unbelievable. And an elected official is now in custody charged with murder. Robert Tellis is the Clark County Public Administrator. And Clark County, just so you know, covers Southern Nevada. That's where Las Vegas is. Jeff Gehrman has reported a number of stories that included Robert Tellis's mismanagement of his office and alleged relationship with a staff member. This is the kind of story that you would expect to see on a show like Dateline. Right. You know, these mystery shows, and you never really think that those circumstances could actually play out, Mm -hmm. but they have. So let's catch you up on where this began, how it's played out over the past week. The sheriff, Joe Lombardo, had a press conference, and first we're going to hear from him. I'm here to brief you on the latest details in the homicide of review journalist, investigative reporter Jeff Gehrman. This has been an unusual case from the beginning. The murder of an investigative journalist and the main suspect, an elected official here in Clark County, because of the relentless follow-up of our detectives and with your help, I'm here to announce the arrest of 45-year-old Robert Tellis. He was booked in the Clark County Detention Center last night on the charge of open murder. This is a terrible and jarring homicide, one that has deeply impacted Las Vegas. Yeah, Jeff Gehrman was stabbed to death in broad daylight. Mm. He was found on the side of his home. So immediately when you hear that, you 
think, what? And then police acted very quick in getting this surveillance video out. Yeah, they used pretty much all the resources that were available to the Las Vegas Metro Police Department. Um, They put out almost immediately surveillance video of a suspect wearing a reflective vest and a a big straw hat, big brimmed straw hat, very distinctive walk Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, We also saw an image of a suspect's vehicle that was linked to this crime. Here is uh, the captain of the Homicide Bureau for Las Vegas Metro Police, Dory Corrin. We began our homicide investigation about five days ago on Saturday, September 3rd. This was after we received a 911 call of an unresponsive male that was found on the side of his home. Our preliminary investigation revealed that the unresponsive male was deceased as a result of stabbings. We also determined pretty quickly that the victim was Jeff Garriman, as the sheriff said. Jeff Garriman is a well-known investigative reporter, and that was taken into account immediately. Some of the other things that were developed pretty quickly by our homicide investigation was that the suspect was wearing an orange shirt with reflective stripes, a straw hat, and was carrying a duffel bag. And what was likely an attempt to either disguise his identity or conceal his identity. We also know that the suspect was walking westbound, approaching Garriman's home on Friday, September 2nd, the day prior to us being notified. On that morning, he approached Mr. Garriman's home and went to the side of the house. Shortly after, Garriman came outside of the garage door and then went to the side of the house and ultimately an altercation took place between the suspect and the victim. We believe this happened around 11, 18 a.m. And at that time, our victim was stabbed multiple times. And on day two of our major case protocol, we, det- we developed a very critical lead, which was a vehicle that we identified. It was a maroon-colored GMC Denali that was suspiciously driving around in the neighborhood on the morning of the murder, prior to the murder, and then certainly was there uh, at the time when the murder happened. That vehicle had stopped multiple times uh, throughout the neighborhood and was behaving suspiciously or was suspicious. The second key piece on day two was we determined that the suspect wearing the orange shirt had fled in that vehicle, which connected the vehicle to the suspect. There were two main areas that we were focused on early on. One was ensuring that this was not connected to a burglary series or anything of the sort. And then two, looking at any work-related grievances or conflicts related to Mr. Garriman's work. We knew that as an investigative reporter, he had written several articles and there were different allegations and statements about potential people that would be upset about it. One in particular that we identified early on was Robert Tellis as a person of interest because Tellis had, with Tellis was upset about articles that were being written by Garriman as an investigative journalist that exposed potential wrongdoing and Tellis had publicly expressed his, uh, his issues with that reporting and then ultimately Tellus was also upset from what we found out later that there was additional reporting that was pending. Uh, the other thing that was discovered by our detectives was there was a vehicle that matched a suspect's vehicle description, that maroon GMC Denali that was parked in front of Tellus's home. It was registered to his wife. And then we ultimately developed video evidence that showed that that vehicle, the GMC Denali parked in front of Tellus's home, had departed around 9 a.m. in the morning on the day of the murder and it returned around 12 p.m. just after the murder, which matched our timeline. 
We immediately began working on search warrants, and then we began searching. We executed the search warrants early yesterday morning, and that involved searching Telus's home, his vehicles, and then also searching his body to collect a DNA sample to compare it to DNA recovered during the crime. And shortly after, we developed information that indicated Telus was driving the GMC Denali the morning of the murder. We also, through the search warrant effort, we recovered a pair of shoes, as you'll see here on my screen here to the left, that matched the suspect's description. Um, also, as you can see, there's apparent blood on the shoes, and the shoes were cut, likely in a manner to try to destroy evidence. In addition to the shoes, we recovered a straw hat that was also cut in, uh, in a manner that was likely to destroy the evidence. And that straw hat, as you can see, matches the one in the photo. And then ultimately, uh, one of the most important aspects of this investigation was waiting on the DNA results. And we received positive DNA results that showed Robert Tellis's DNA at the crime scene. At that time, we immediately initiated our arrest operation and planning. The goal was to take Tellis into custody as safely as possible. And thanks to the men and women of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and the leadership here, we were able to successfully execute that operation yesterday. And Tellis was taken into custody safely and uh, arrested, as the sheriff talked about. So I know that's a lot of information, but from listening to that, you can tell it's mind-blowing. There's so many things about this that are shocking. Yeah, there, well, and one of the shocking elements of this is that the, that the suspect, uh, Robert Tellis, actually put out public statements about his dislike for uh, Jeff Gehrman's reporting on social media. He did. If you go to his Twitter page, there's many tweets where he tags Jeff in the tweets, even put a screenshot up of a text message that Jeff had sent him saying he was covering a story, you know, it involved him and his office and wanted to get a state from statement from him, uh, wanted a response from him and he needed it by deadline. And he was doing his job to get tell us his side of the story. Didn't really understand even why he would put that text message up. But regardless, it shows you that it's very erratic and he's very obviously upset about it. And there's a history of speaking out publicly against the reports yep. um, that were published in the newspaper. I um, mean, in kind of an eerie twist in this case also, uh, people, there's armchair detectives. Mm -hmm. When people uh, are trying to piece the story together, um, sometimes the internet does come through yep. and people on Twitter almost immediately um, pulled video from one of Jeff Gehrman's stories of Robert Tellis showing him walking down the hall in uh, what looked like his county office yeah. and the walk was nearly identical to the walk that was seen by the suspect in the surveillance video. And people early on were like, this has got to be the guy. Look at the walk. It's very distinctive. Mm -hmm. Very. When I looked at that, my mouth dropped. I went, wow, that is... Because the, the surveillance video, it was difficult. The walk was the, the distinct... It was. There were no factor. facial features. No of facial features. Visible. You couldn't tell a height. Yeah, it was It was hard to tell if, even if it was a man or a woman. Right. Right? So, so many people were talking about that. Another... Um, a shocking, I guess, part of it is that that surveillance video was put out there. The description of the vehicle was put out there for everyone to see 
and a plea from police saying, share it with everyone. And if anyone knows anyone with this vehicle, we want to investigate. And Robert Tellis had this vehicle in his driveway. A so few he days, didn't even hide it. No, a few days, as a matter of fact, before uh, police kind of zeroed in on him, there was a photo uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal of Robert Tellis out in front of his house washing that truck. Oh, goodness. It was, yeah, it is just, they took him in for questioning. He came home in like a white kind of jumpsuit. Everyone was wondering why and this and that. And it's because, you know, they, they take your clothes, I guess, for testing. He came home, people were saying, well, why was he let home? You know, so so quickly, why didn't they did keep him? And it's like, well, you have to have all the, the, the clear evidence in and the testing done. Yeah, in the news conference, uh, Sheriff Lombardo addressed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, hey, look, it's like his constitutional right. If we don't have something to charge him on, we can't hold him. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they did not have the DNA evidence in order to link him directly to the crime, once that DNA evidence came in, that's when they acted. That's when right. they moved in to arrest him. Yeah. And then that whole thing was, you know, police were at the door. He wasn't answering right away. For a moment there, they decided to move everyone away from that area in the neighborhood, uh, reporters, the public. It, it, it was, and then he was taken away. He finally, they did get a hold of him and... He was taken away in an ambulance. I mean, the whole thing has just been one thing after the other. It's like, what is going on here? This is unbelievable. Um, and obviously, we're also mourning the death of a very important journalist to our community. Well, and it seems like uh, the work that Jeff Gehrman was doing uh, will continue on mm-hmm. at the Review Journal. It, it sounds from... Uh, what police have to say that there were several colleagues who were very well uh, in the loop mm-hmm. on the reporting that was happening. It sounds like uh, from police indications that there were future stories that were set to come out, future reporting about uh, what was going on. Mm-hmm with Robert Tellis. So there will be more details coming out from police and uh, from the media, Mm -hmm. from the Las Vegas Review Journal and the reporting that continues there. Yeah. And I just want to point out, I have been following more and more journalists from the Review Journal. I thought I was following all of them, but they've done an excellent job and they have a large staff of breaking news reporters, investigative journalists, and I just want to commend them for, gosh, it's always hard to report on your own. Let's put it that way. And I can only imagine that they want to get to the bottom of this. They want to see justice. So I know I'm sure they're very passionate about it and maybe haven't even gotten a chance to have their full emotional moment over losing a colleague. So I feel for them. The other reporters in town have also done an excellent job in covering the story online. And, um, you know, everyone's been following along on Twitter. I know groups of us have been text messaging and people have been direct messaging us like this is crazy. I mean, it's really affecting a lot of people. And I know it's now a national story and it probably will be a worldwide story if it isn't already. Yeah. You know, and, you know, like uh, what, Sheriff Lombardo said earlier is that there is still a lot more of their investigation that is going to be continuing. 
um, you know, the, the mm -hmm. details and information that they uncover is, is far from, right. It's far from a, a closed case. Yeah. And, and Robert Tellis also has a wife and three children. So there's that as well. And heartbreaking all around. It is. So those are the details on the big story that has really captivated Las Vegas and Dana, as you mentioned, um, that has now made headlines across the country and around the world. So let's switch gears back to Las Vegas and tourism and how we're doing here. We know a lot of our listeners are always curious how the economy's doing, how our tourism's coming along, what's new, what's opened, are people still gambling? And yes, yes, yes. Yes, check <laughs> everything in the column. <laughs> everything in the column. Las Vegas welcomed nearly 3.5 million visitors in July, the highest monthly visitation since the start of the pandemic. This is all according to data released by the Research Center at the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. They bring in a lot of numbers for us monthly. We usually get them the next month. So we get them at, you know, at the end of August. This is for July. And it seems like in addition to people who are coming here for leisure, uh, convention business is really starting to pick up big time as well. Uh, 307,000 convention attendees came into Las Vegas, roughly double what we saw in July of last year. So, I mean, that is, Great. those are some strong numbers and represents $11 billion in economic impact. Oh, wow. I mean, we had wondered, you know, are we going to bounce back? We were so worried for so long if the conventions would come back, if they were going to go elsewhere, if we were going to see as many in-person conventions or were people going to go completely virtual now or do half and half and it seems like things have come back i'm glad to see it um when we talk gaming uh nevada casino is still red hot in that area as well so uh let me just read through this non-restricted gaming licenses in the state reported nearly 1.32 billion in total win revenue for july wow and it's the 17th consecutive month that the gaming win in Nevada has exceeded $1 billion. So that means a lot of people are coming with money in their pockets, donating it to the casinos, and then heading home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boy, people continue to enjoy Las Vegas. We keep opening new things, and um, we're glad that you're still coming to see us. All right, shall we get to our tips? Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, my tip this week, Dana, is for uh, artists and art lovers. So this is actually a really cool thing. Uh, we've heard of, we've talked about Meow Wolf's Omega Mart. That's over inside Area 15. It's that grocery store that's full of weird stuff. Yeah. And you walk through the cooler and it takes you to another world. You have to experience it to get it. Right. But in the first major expansion... Uh, since Omega Mart opened, they have created this m mega art complex next door to the main entrance to uh, Omega Mart. And what it is, is it's an exhibit space where the work of local artists is going to be shown. But not only that, they are taking the artwork and translating it onto retail 
items in some really cool ways. There's graffiti all over the walls. They have like broken vending machines, which aren't really broken. You just have to. Mm-hmm. It's part of the it's part of the thing. <laughs> the shtick. Um, a big money funnel. So it's a really cool idea. A really great way for local artists to. Uh, get some exposure and have some, you know, retail items with their images sold. Yeah, I mean, listen. Whenever I bring up Omega Mart at Area 15, people say, "I've been there. I love it." Yeah, and it's it's an attraction. It is. <laughs> it's it is hard to explain, like you said. So sometimes we just <laughs> don't really even try and bother. But you got to go to experience it if that's your kind of thing. Of we kind of you kind of explained it, um, and you think you'd enjoy something like that. I think it's worth heading over there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good time. Yeah, and this it's a is good time. A new cool thing. Um, my tip this week is for our members of the armed forces. I love this. Las Vegas again doing this. It's called Las Vegas Marries the Military. It's on November 10th. And what it is is the office of the Clark County Clerk and Las Vegas Wedding Industry is doing like free weddings and vow renewals all across the valley. Isn't that cool? I love that. But there are some that are going to actually win a little bit of a bigger package, okay? And the winning couples will be able to receive, at minimum, a free wedding or vow renewal package, group reception, a $250 Allegiant Airlines travel voucher, all sorts of stuff like that. It's really cool, but here's the deal. The couples that want to submit, they need a 30 to 60 second video on what a Las Vegas wedding or vow renewal would mean to them by Monday, September 26th. Oh, so that's coming up. It's coming up. So get your submissions in, win a free wedding, win some extras, have a blast. It's lvmarriesthemilitary.com, okay? lvmarriesthemilitary.com. You can go there, submit your video, get all the details, but I love it. It's basically, you know, a kickoff to Veterans Day weekend, and it's a way to honor our military members and bringing back this occasion that we've had before, Las Vegas marries the military. And if you are uh, submitting your 30 to 60 second video, make sure that you or your spouse are a member of the military. Right. (laughs) Active duty or retired. Yes, please, please. And thank you all for your service. This is a... Very small way that that Las mm-hmm. Vegas and the the county clerk can give back for for all the sacrifices that are made on a daily basis. And Las Vegas is a fun place to get married. That's it for sure. certainly is. All right, I think that's a podcast. Um, we had a little bit of everything, obviously, uh, going on this week, and we tried to sprinkle it all in there. Um, we know a lot of people were talking about the the sad murder that we had here in town that was affecting so many people. Um, We talked about the queen passing away and then some good news about our numbers doing really well and a couple cool new things that you can do from our tips segment. So um, it's all in our show notes. And we want to thank Vegas Near Me as well for being our sponsor. And be sure to click uh, the Vegas Near Me link in our show notes. It'll take you directly to a download for the beta version of the app so that you can be among the first people in the entire world to try it out. It is like a directory of all things fun to do and see here in Las Vegas. It's a great addition to the screen on your phone. 
We couldn't even get, uh, speaking of things to do and see, we couldn't even get in a full list of other things we had to talk about. So we've got lots to talk about next week as well. So thanks for sticking with us here on Vegas Revealed, and we'll talk to you then. Shopping at the forum, Versace and Bouton.